Bridging transgenerational barriers on topics ranging from yoga, astrology, spirituality, plant medicine, social activism, personal development, and everything in between. Dare to explore transcending traditions. Hello, hello, everyone. And we are here today on Transcending Traditions podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca at Yogini C Solutions. And today we have our very special guest, Jakita from at This Curvy Yogi. Um, for those of you who are into astrology, she is a Cancer Sun, a Pisces Moon, and a Libra Rising like myself. <laughs> she is a um, RYT 200 uh, from North Carolina, born and raised. She's been teaching yoga for actually almost four years now, and she's been practicing for about six years. So Jakita is actually the creator of This Curvy Yogi, and her motto is really all about cultivating wellness through yoga, self-care, meditation, and motivational affirmations. So thank you so much, Jakita, for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Um, so just to start, um, to let our listeners know a little bit more about you, uh, could you tell us about your journey with yoga and then like what led you to become a yoga instructor? So I, like you said, I've been practicing for six years. I actually started yoga at home. Um, it was in the middle of me going through grad school and, you know, I was in grad school, I was working full time and I was just trying to find an outlet to, um, I guess, relieve some stress mm. because I thought that yoga would do that. And um, I just started here in my living room. And um, it's so funny because and this might age my computer a little bit. I told you I have an old computer. So <laughs> when I first got my computer, there was an app that was just called, I think it was yoga. And I don't think it's anymore. It was an old thing. And it was just a simple yoga app. And what it did was take you through simple sun salutations. So I would just sit here and follow. It would kind of guide you through it very simply. It wasn't like a full-fledged yoga class it was just kind of like linking the thing the movements together so I would do it and so that's how I kind of started and then I started looking on Instagram and just kind of finding other people that did yoga I was like oh there's a whole community of people who do <laughs> yoga yep. um so that's when I started doing yoga challenges online now, did I have any business doing yoga challenges online? Probably not, because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I was doing these challenges. And I remember because one of the first challenges I tried was a handstand challenge. Now, as a teacher, I know I did not have any business trying a handstand when all I was doing was sun salutations and simple poses. <laughs> <laughs> So that was one of the first challenges I tried. 
um, after just doing it in my living room and just kind of um, taking time each night, because that I was in grad school, I was a night owl. I was up all night doing work. And then afterwards, or either in between, I would take like an hour and two and just research or look up poses. And I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And that's what I did for two hours. What I would give to get back to that time, because I have no time like that right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, after practicing at home for a while, I started looking for local things that I could do, like local classes that I could do. And I found yoga in the park. So I started going there. It was big, big class. Um, there was at least 30 to 40 people each class outside doing yoga. Um, and the teacher, uh, which was actually my yoga teacher now, she was kind of at that time she was around my size because of course when we look up yoga you don't really see people that look like me you don't see any black women black people um and you don't see a lot of thick women curvy women in general so like at that time she was more around my size and i was like well if she can do it i can do it so after a few classes outside, I went to some of her workshops at the studio she was working at at the time. And I just kept doing it and I kept learning and researching myself. So finally, I would say maybe six months to a year later, she opened her own studio. Wow. So I started going there. And she was only teaching um, the park up until then. Well, she was teaching at the park and at the studio, but the park is where I went because the park was donation-based and it was free. Mm. So I was like, this will give me a chance to kind of get in and see how this works before going into like a real, real class. Not saying that yoga in the park wasn't a real class, but it was outside. It was kind of informal and it was basically um, all levels or beginner, whatever you want to call, call it. But it was just something that was a little more comfortable for me. So I started there and I went to her workshops and then I started going to her studio. Um, I think about six months into going to the studio, I didn't go often, but I did try to go and um, support because after that, she started talking about her teacher training and she actually sent me a message and was like, I think you'd be a great teacher. Would you be interested in doing a teacher training? So I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if my intention then was to teach, um, but I just thought it would be a good opportunity to get into yoga a little bit more and figure out what it was and how it fits for me. And that's what I did. Um, went through the whole nine month program, weekend program. So I was at that time working full time, going to yoga teacher training and going to school full time. <laughs> so, so on top of what I was already doing, I just decided to add something else into it. So that's how I got into teaching yoga and actually doing yoga. Um, I graduated from that teacher training in 2017, May of 2017 to be exact. 
And I've been teaching ever since, still teaching at the studio, which we are virtual. Well, not all virtual now, but we're mostly virtual now. But I've been teaching there for three going on four years. Wow. Oh, what a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is such a journey. And, you know, I think it's so beautiful just to recognize that yoga really has so many different ways that we can come to it. And it's almost like you come to it when you're at the right time. And I love how you just kind of eased your way into it just to relieve some stress in the beginning, but then really, you know, seeing that there was this beautiful opportunity to practice in the park. And I think that that's something really important that we should always have more of um, is this idea that yoga is for everyone, right? So like these classes, these community classes that you had at the park were just like a, a nice, like, low pressure, low stakes way for you to ease your way into it, just to kind of like, like dip your toes a little, you know, um, and, and how beautiful that the teacher was someone that could inspire you that you could kind of look up to as a role model. Um, and I think that I it's- still look up to her. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course, I, I understand that so, so much. It resonates so much with me because even today, like I also deeply look up to my yoga teacher, Shauna, uh, if you're listening to this, Shauna, I love you. <laughs> and, um, but that being said, you know, like, given what you said about the fact that we don't see a lot of, you know, differences in diversity in the yoga community, especially coming from teachers, like, what were some of the challenges, if any, that you faced um, in becoming a yoga teacher? Like, I know you had a lot of support from from your, your program, which is beautiful, but was, was there anything that you faced that you feel like you could share with our listeners? Um, I, and I kind of struggle with this question because I didn't, I don't think I faced anything hard. It's mm -hmm. just observations that you make when you're in classes or around other people. Mm -hmm. So the obvious thing is, of course, even when I was going to these classes, I would be one of maybe two or three Black people, even people of color in the class. It was just completely whitewashed. It was the whole class. And um, that can make you feel uncom uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You walk into a space and there's no one that looks like you that can relate to you in any way not saying that you can't relate to everyone, but just off of that alone, it's kind of intimidating. It can be intimidating. And then also finding that the people that come to yoga or come to these yoga classes are not at all your body type. They're not, they don't have any kind of curves. They don't have any extra body fat anywhere. You know, it's just, you're kind of like the only one. And honestly, at that time I was small. <laughs> I was, I was smaller than I was now, but I was still a thick girl. Always have been. But um, it's just, you see that you're one of few in many different categories. And that makes you uncomfortable. It, may, it kind of intimidates you. And I also would notice what I, well, I would just notice that I feel like people would see that, would think that I couldn't do what was being done in class just because of that. Mm. Or that they were so shocked that, hey, there's a black person in class. 
oh, what are you doing here? You know, it, that's what it kind of feels like. Not saying that that's the actual truth, but that's what it feels like. And that's what a lot of people feel like. And that's a lot why a lot of people, um, a lot of black people, people of color, they kind of stray away from going to classes because they don't want to feel like they're singled out. Um, as a curvier woman, I've been in classes where I felt like I was being singled out for my, uh, for alignment, I guess. And not that I didn't know what I was doing. It was just that my body is different from everyone else's. And we know that if we're taught certain things, we're taught to be in certain postures in certain ways that sometimes there's just not a lot of room to change or think about change. So I felt like just because my body wasn't looking like everybody else's there, I felt singled out. Um, even after becoming a teacher, because I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I know, <laughs> and that's kind of an ego thing right there. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know that this is right. This is just how it works in my body. Um, so I just felt like you, you kind of feel like in your mind that you're singled out. And I'm, I don't know if that was the case, if it was actually meant. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So I feel like I'm rambling on that question. So I'm gonna no. scale back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that answer. That's, that was beautiful. And, you know, just something that I, that I caught from that amazing answer is that I feel as though maybe in some ways you were being singled out, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, you know, and that's something important to recognize and point out because that, that can happen in any environment, you know, when you're the, the person that's different from the rest in any way, like that can happen whether it's intentional or not. And so for us to recognize it, for us to bring it to the forefront of the conversation, I think is what needs to be happening in every way, in, in every area. And so it, it is important to recognize that. And if you felt it, you know, to some degree it's real, you know, it's definitely mm -hmm. real. And at the same time, just getting to know you a little bit more through all of these experiences that you've gone through, um, you know, given the name Curvy Yogi, it's like you took those experiences and you turned them around upside down on their heads and you were like, you know what, I'm going to own this. And so um, with that, like with the name Curvy Yogi, um, I just wanted to know a little bit more of the backstory, like how you got the inspiration to come up with that name. And I know it's probably a lot to do with your experience. So I'd love to hear more about that. It's definitely um, linked to my experiences as a curvy woman, a curvier woman. Um, I just wanted to be able to reach people who didn't feel like they fit into the stereotype of what yogis are yogis yoginis however you want to be politically correct about that um but i just wanted to be able to be an inspiration to people who didn't fit the norm because i always felt like i didn't um i wanted to people to see yoga in a different body i wanted to see wanted people to see yoga in different ways so um different poses like as a teacher now I don't focus a lot on alignment I do but I don't because I know that everybody's body is different 
So I focus more on how does it feel when you're in this position? If it doesn't feel good, try something else. Um, Do something that feels good in your body and stay true to what is good for you. Don't think that because you see all of these alignment cues and you see all of these people who are doing all these amazing things with their bodies, who are halfway contortionist, that does not mean that you have to do this. Um, I feel like when I started my yoga journey, I was focused a lot on the poses and getting things right. And as I've moved on throughout it, I found that there are certain things that I just, I'm not going to be able to do and I'm not going to try to do it just for the sake of likes, for the sake of acceptance. I don't care if I cannot do it. I am not doing it. (laughs) Um, And I just, I've just seen so many different bodies doing yoga and seen so many different people in my classes that have found different ways to do things. And I, I applaud them because to me, that's advanced yoga, quote unquote, advanced yoga is finding what works for you and sticking to what works for you and not being pressured by any teacher or any other person to try to fit into what you think is supposed to be right. Um, yeah, so that's what my, my name is basically what I am, this curvy yoga. And it was also meant to be an affirmation in itself. So this curvy yogi, you can put anything behind it. This curvy yogi is beautiful. This curvy yogi is strong. This curvy yogi is going to sleep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It can be anything that you want as an affirmation for that day, for that space, that season that you're in. That's what it's meant for meant to be is an affirmation in itself and to describe yourself in such positive ways that will help you. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for for sharing that. I think that it's so important to acknowledge this, you know, because, you know, we've been talking about this and like the yoga community, unfortunately, I, I believe it is something that we're shifting away from, but there is definitely still a perceived image of, you know, the skinny white woman who walks around in her, you know, expensive designer, you know, Lululemon, whatever to go to the super expensive studio. Um, But, you know, however, when we actually study the true philosophy of yoga, we learn that, you know, I learned this in my YTT, you learn this in yours and anyone else who wants to read about the philosophy of yoga can also see that we learn that it's actually meant to be accessible to people from all walks of life. You know, it's something that can benefit everyone, no matter what your background is. And so, I think that's really beautiful that you used the title of your business to also become an affirmation for yourself, you know, of greater, you know, cultivation of this greater level of, you know, being self-possessed, being self-made in who you are and, and being more true to that. And outside of your, you know, the title of your business and outside of just like showing up more for yourself in this way, um, I'm also curious to know, what tools did you use or do you currently use to even cultivate greater self-acceptance, you know, like in the face of, of unrealistic standards or misrepresented um, images of how a yoga teacher should look or should behave or how we should practice yoga? Like, are there any other tools that you use um, in your own personal practice? 
Um, I, I think I kind of highlighted this before when I was talking about how I started and just being on online on Instagram and just finding people. That is a great tool to do to um, sit and find people that look like you. There are so many hashtags that say black yogis, black girl yoga, all of this stuff. Um, there are Facebook groups that have people that you can relate to. Um, I'm in a lot of curvy yoga groups, um, yoga for all, black girl yoga, all of this stuff where I see people who fit more of what I look like. Mm -hmm. And I think people underestimate the online community because there's something there for everyone. Um, of course I use online. I'm also in the process of doing the yoga for all training by um, Diane Bondi. And it's Diane Bondi and, and Amber Carnes. They have the yoga for all training. So I'm hoping that once I finish that and dive into that, that I will be able to have more tools in my toolbox to use for different people and different bodies and be able to teach to different bodies. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know from my own experience how to teach to someone who has a similar body to me or has similar features to me but I don't know everything. And I think that's the same for all yoga teachers. We all want to know more about the body, about how to cater to each one, each person's body. Um, so for example, I am a curvy woman with a bigger chest than usual. And so certain things I cannot do or certain things I have to make room for. So even, even simple poses like plank, um, I have to make room with my hands, give myself room to actually stand. And even with my legs, I know that I have knees that come in close. So me standing together with my feet together is very hard and very uncomfortable. So something simple that I do is I stand with my feet about hip width apart. That gives me the comfort to be able to stand um, properly and comfortably. So I think when you think about little things like that, and that's just not for curvy people, that's for everybody. Some people's legs and knees and feet are made different. You know, their shoulders, some people have tight shoulders. And I just learned that by looking at people in class. When they come to my class and I'm like, oh, lift your shoulders up and back or roll your shoulders back. That's because a lot of times we're hunching over because we're um, sitting at a desk all day, like I do for my work. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's simple things like look around you, look at people's bodies, look at how they do things and also look at their facial expressions because I am the person that their facial expressions tell everything in their mind. <laughs> so my yoga teacher used to always tell me like, I, I see it in your face. You don't do that. <laughs> you know? like, she was like, no, this, I already know. I already know how you feel. And I would just side eye her and keep going. And I've had people do the same thing to me. Like you can tell in people's faces if they're comfortable or not, or if this is just not working and just give them something else to try. Just like in a sun salutation, there are people who just have problems with their knees they can't get up and down off the floor. So you have to rethink the salutations, like give them something that doesn't require them getting up and down off the floor 
maybe a chair sign salutation, maybe something at the wall that requires them to still do it, but just in a different way. So it's just kind of building your toolbox from experience, from books, from trainings, whatever it is, that's what I kind of use to, um, to approach my classes and my clients and my students. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, going into this idea of like, really being able, sorry, if you guys can hear my cat in the background, really being able to connect with your students, you know, connect with the people around you, like actually looking at what faces they're making, actually looking at like where they're looking, you know, and I think that's really important, like that connection, right? Because at the end of the day, like even the word yoga means yoke, means union, means connection. And it's about connecting to the people around us. It's about connecting to our bodies, connecting to our space and, and owning that. And um, so I think that's really important to, to recognize that like, we are here to build that connection. We're here to build that human connection, that human interaction, whether it's online or in person. And um, that being said, like, I also think it's important to, to recognize that some teachers don't do that. You know, some teachers really don't, don't really connect with their students. They just expect you to do what they're saying and they don't modify nearly as much as they should for all the different body types. And sometimes, you know, people are injured. Sometimes people are, are bound to look different and have different levels of experience than the teacher. And so what, what do you think is something that is commonly overlooked, um, like even in the yoga community as a teacher, like what is something that you think is, is, is commonly not done as well as it could have been? I think you just said part of it because mm. I was going to expand on that. Um, some teachers just don't connect to their students. And I say that because in my training, it was even when we were do practice teaching, it was get to know your students that will help you so much in your classes. Um, even as a teacher, it's get to know your students, talk to them. Even if it's just a little bit at the beginning of class or a little bit at the end of class, figure out what they do for work. Like what, that can tell you a lot about what they need for their body. Like I said, I also have a day job. I do accounting in the day and I'm at my computer all day. So that can tell you that somebody's gonna need some back bends in their class, they're gonna need some heart openers. They're gonna need something to counter that position. And that's just physical, but people also need something to relax. A lot of people come to yoga for that hour or that hour and a half of just being in the moment. Give them what they need. Um, I think I've been to a lot of classes where the teachers just don't connect or they don't know how to connect. Um, I think it's helped me a lot to just ask about people's lives, ask about their children, ask about their day. Because if you ask somebody, how was their day? You'd find out a lot of things that went on that day. I've had students, you know, tell me this happened at work and I'm just frustrated or this happened at home and I'm frustrated and not necessarily giving you their whole life story, but just giving you a piece of their life can help you to help them. Um, also, it helps to be honest with your students. So if you come in and you don't feel the best, 
I usually tell them like, I don't feel the best today. I may not be moving as much as usual, but we are going to go through this class and we're going to have a good class. That's, that's just being honest and real with them. Um, I think connecting to people helps you a lot. And also, like I said before, noticing people's bodies. We all have different bodies. And I know a lot of teachers do not know how to teach to bigger bodies. They do not. They don't think about it. Even people who may be the same size as you, they may have different issues than you do, or they may have different things that bother them than you do. So it's good to look at your clients' bodies, look at your students' bodies, look at how they experience poses. And like I said, the face tells all most of the time. <laughs> the face tells all. Um, I'm also a person that in my classes, they're very informal. I like for my students to talk to me during class. <laughs> and that might be different than a lot of people. They just kind of want to come in and do, do yoga and leave. I like to talk to the students and I like for them to talk back. So <laughs> if we're doing certain poses, I will say, say if you're in my class, Rebecca, hey, Rebecca, how does this feel? And then maybe they'll grunt at me and say, oh, I hate chair pose or something like that. <laughs> I've had people that say, I hate pigeon pose. Oh, this is, this sucks. Can we get out of it? Fine. I mean, I just want to know, like, and that's also a way of being present, like being present and acknowledging people in the space. So when they come, they know that I see them. Like, I see you. I really do see you. Yes. Um, and, you know, when people come to you with issues, even if you don't know the exact solution at the moment, find out what the issue is. I've had people that come and say, oh, my lower back hurts. Oh, my um, sciatic nerve is killing me today. <laughs> you know, like things like that. You just have to know what your students are going through. Give them some tools but also you can recommend doctors or whatever, like, look, this is as much as you can do in yoga, but we got to get you some professional help. Mm -hmm. So overall, just getting to know your students, being engaged or engaging them in the class, I think that helps you a lot. And I, I don't think a lot of teachers do that. And it's a lot harder as well with virtual learning mm -hmm. because you can't stay after class a lot and like, talk like you usually do. I still try to talk to my students afterwards, but I know a lot of people, they kind of go off. They're like, thanks for class and they're gone. So <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of hard to do it, but I still allow the space and the time in case someone wants to stay behind and talk. Thank you for that. And so, wow, I think that's so important to recognize, you know, that, that real connection. And I also just want to honor you in this moment. Like, I feel like you have come such a long way on your journey, you know, like in going from starting to take these classes and now you're like this amazing teacher and you're a part of all of these different communities and you are, you know, really like being a pioneer in the area. I mean, you know, like for, especially for us who maybe don't know about yoga in so many different communities, you know? And so that being said, like, I'm just curious um, what was your life like before you started practicing yoga? I know you touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but 
like what what really drew you to practice yoga necessarily and not something else um I really wasn't I don't you've stumped me <laughs> but <laughs> um I wasn't as I don't know this is like a lifestyle thing this is something that I've noticed since I've been practicing yoga and since I've had like platforms that I that I'm running or that I am creating content for mm -hmm. I wasn't as outspoken as I am now mm -hmm. I was a very quiet person I was very to myself you know small group of friends and always thought that I was an introvert so <laughs> so after like I guess going through all of this journey and just seeing the changes like I talk a lot more than I used to I'm very outspoken now. I try to say what I mean. And um, I can be blunt at times, I've been told. <laughs> um, it's just, a, I guess, finding my voice is kind of what I've done. Mm. That's kind of the biggest change that I've noticed is just finding my voice and being able to speak up for myself, being able to stand in my truth a, a lot better than I used to. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, Absolutely. but that was- <laughs> oh, That's everything I wanted to know. You know, just to, to highlight that, like when you find something you love and when you go for it, it opens, it opens you up, you know? It opens us up in ways that are often very unexpected, you know? like you went into this just looking for something to let go of some stress, you know, cause if you had, you, you had this really busy lifestyle that was like jam packed and it, you just kept coming back for more and more. And it, it, I feel like even though at the time, maybe it was like one more thing, it was actually taking away the weight of everything else, you know, in so many ways. And I feel that too, you know, before practicing yoga, like I was super shy. I was super scared of talking up, super scared of letting people know how I felt about things, about, you know, like pissing someone off, about upsetting people. And so I think that, you know, when you find something you love and when you go for it, and especially something as beautiful as yoga, like it, it allows you to connect deeper with your intuition. And to, like you said, stand in your truth, to speak more authentically, speak with more conviction. And right. I think that's a really important message um, to give to our listeners, you know, like, um, you know, as we come to a close, I just want to know um, any like key takeaways or um, like a message that you would like to give to other people who maybe also don't feel like they, you know, fit the mold, quote unquote, of what is expected um, when you're practicing yoga and, you know, or even when you're starting to, you know, thinking of doing a YTT, a yoga teacher training, um, what is any advice you'd like to give to, to our listeners? Um, what I will say is, make the practice your own we always see all of these poses and things and we know that we both know that um yoga is more than just movements 
more than just posement, posements, poses. <laughs> it's more than just poses. Um, there are eight limbs of yoga, according to the uh, Indian traditions. Mm -hmm. There's also the comedic yoga traditions, which is said to have taken place before um, the Indian roots took place. I don't know much about comedic yoga, but I do acknowledge that that is a form of yoga and that may be the oldest form. Um, but just make the practice your own. What works for you? Are you just coming for meditation? Are you coming for self-reflection? Are you coming for the asana practice, the movements, the poses? Are you coming for all three? Are you going to do a little bit at a time? It doesn't have to be every time you sit down to do quote unquote yoga. It has to be all of these things in one. Nobody has time for that. Let's just be real. <laughs> um, you do what you need to do. I know at one point in my journey, I was focused on just meditation and reflection. And um, at that point, I, it helped me to get back into my faith in God. I am Christian. So it would help me to, you know, study, read my Bible, reflect and meditate because I always say that praying is asking God for what you need or what you want. And meditating is listening to God yes. tell you what you need to do. Um, so yeah, for that, at that moment or that season of my life, that was what I did. And it really helped me to get back on track. And that may be different for some, for someone else. Everyone may believe in different um, religions or whatever. That's fine because yoga is not a religion. Don't let that bog you down. Don't let that stop you from doing what you're doing. Um, also, what yoga did for me was it helped me to be appreciative of my body because I haven't always been the most confident in myself. And what it did was it gave me the confidence that I needed because if my body can do all of these physical movements, all of these physical poses, if my mind can, if I can calm my mind in the moment or acknowledge my thoughts in the moment, why am I, why am I hating my body? Why am I trying to be like everyone else? It's just, it has helped me so much to accept my body and to, to develop a deeper self-love for me. So that even when I try to change my body and, you know, we always hear about people trying to lose weight for the wrong reasons. I've lost weight before. I've lost, at one point, I lost at least 40 pounds from what I was at that time. And I was, you know, I was thrilled. I could wear things that I couldn't wear before. I could find clothes and all this stuff. But I mean, if you're not rooted in your own self-love, you can always gain that weight back. Yeah. So it all comes back to being in tune with yourself, knowing yourself, loving yourself no matter what, and giving yourself grace along the way. Because even on journeys like weight loss journeys, meditation journeys, you're going to mess up. You're going to stop. You might skip some days, all of that stuff, but you have to give yourself grace. And I talk about that a lot too, giving yourself grace. It's, I think it is one of the things that you have to do. You have to give yourself grace. Don't sulk in it. Don't sit in it. Give yourself grace. If you are trying to walk every day, if you are trying to do 
about five minutes of yoga a day and you skip, fine. Pick it up another day and start again. It's the same thing that I told people when I was doing the 30 days of yoga challenge back in January of this year. And I would send them emails like, look, we're halfway through. Even if you're skipping days, if you're if you just completely stopped, just know that this is here for you when you need it. Um, yeah. And on the topic of finding yoga teacher trainings, I recommend, and this is just from my own experience, getting to know your teacher. I find it very hard to connect with people that I don't kind of know or that don't try to connect with me. Like I know we have a we have a rush of trainings coming out now because everyone's trying to do a training. We're all home, everyone's developing these trainings and it's kind of like, hey, you wanna come to a yoga teacher training? Sure. <laughs> I feel like, um, and I feel like I just, I feel like it's going to take me a while to find the next training for myself. Um, because the next training up from 200 hour is 300 hour. And I do want to do that at some point, but I also want to take time to find the teacher that I think is for me. And that's just me. Absolutely. Yeah. So overall, just make your practice your own. You will find or your practice will give you what you need in the moment. Whatever you're seeking, you can find it. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. You just have to give yourself grace in the moment and keep going. Everything doesn't come overnight. It won't happen tomorrow. You don't, you're not going to start yoga today and then 30 days later, you're going to be a complete, complete yogi. <laughs> um, but just give yourself time and let, you, let yourself enjoy the journey. Yes. No matter what, no matter what happens, let yourself enjoy the journey. I think we all focus on the end point. And I just did a YouTube video about this. So this is just an extension of that. <laughs> let yourself enjoy the journey we always focus on the end point the starting point and end point but you forget about that journey in between and you may come to a, a point in your journey where you're going to have to sit there for a while that's okay all of that is okay whatever your journey is enjoy it you'll get to the end point if you keep going and that's all i'm going to say wow <laughs> Thank you so much, Jaquita. What an amazing, amazing time it's been being able to learn a little bit more about yourself. So um, as we come to a close, I just wanted to honor you and spotlight you and say, um, you know, ask you, what are you currently working on and how can our listeners connect with you? So first and foremost, as we're all on social media, well, not all people, but I know that that's the easiest way to find people nowadays is social media. I am this curvy yogi on all platforms, Facebook, um, Instagram, YouTube. Those are the three that I really, really am um, creating content for. And I'm on Twitter. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> um, I do have a website, thiscurvyyogi.com, and curvy is with an I, not in not a Y. Okay. 
And I also have a membership site that I create content for, and that is Patreon. I am this Curvy Yogi on Patreon as well. And I have four tiers that you can choose from for your monthly membership. And that includes full length classes, full meditations, journal prompts, um, foundations and tips that you need for yoga. And you can also get private sessions through those memberships as well, live classes. And I'm working on updating that as well. So may get more content. So you have to check it out. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this amazing episode. It's been such an honor to hear you. And um, I look forward to staying in touch and seeing everything that you turn more of into gold, you know, <laughs> with your words, and your amazing way of teaching. So thank you so much. And thank you for everyone who tuned in. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Transcending Traditions podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to like us, follow us, tell your friends, and tune in next week. Bye-bye.